You're listening to the Creating a Brand podcast, where we deliver weekly masterclass interviews on topics to help you make your first or next step in business the right one. I'm your host, Alex Sanfilippo. Today, we're going to talk through four distinctions between millionaires and the middle class. If you want to live a successful and fulfilled life, this episode is going to be for you. My guest today is Keith Cameron Smith. He's the author of the book, 10 Distinctions Between Millionaires and the Middle Class. This book changed my life. It's actually the first entrepreneurship book I ever picked up. And furthermore, it's the first book I intentionally read after getting out of school. I am where I am today because of the impact this book has had in my life. And that is why I wanted Keith to be a guest, because I believe it's going to have a similar impact on your life. Keith shares so much wisdom in this episode. You'll hear what I'm talking about within the first five minutes. So let's not wait any longer. Here is my conversation with Keith Cameron Smith. Thank you so much for being a guest on the Creating a Brand podcast today. It's good to be with you, Alex. Your book, The Top 10 Distinctions Between Millionaires and the Middle Class, has actually been one of the most impactful books I've ever read in my life. It, was, it came early on in my entrepreneurial journey. And at that time, it's something I grabbed onto. It's actually a book I've read continuously year over year. And it's one that you can read in one sitting. So I'm really, I've always really enjoyed that. But it's been something that's really helped me a lot along the way. So I want to say thank you so much for the impact you've had in my own journey. Thank you. I appreciate that. And the reason I wanted to have you on the podcast today is because, again, it's had such an impact in my life that I know the Creating Brand audience will learn a lot from it as well. So I'm ready to dive in if you are. I know we're not going to get through 10 distinctions in your book today, but I'd love to get through about four of them if that's possible. That sounds good to me. Now, before we get started with that, you said that early on when I heard you speak, actually, um, somewhere in Orlando, Florida, you talked about you wrote this book because you felt it was a sense of responsibility. Can you explain that before we start covering these distinctions? Yeah, no, it's just a personal belief I have that if you find something that helps you in your life and works good for you, I think you, we all honestly have a, a responsibility to share that with others. I mean, it's, you know, my book is not for everybody by any means, but there's, you know, with, I've received thousands and thousands of testimonials of people like yourself just saying, hey, thank you for writing that book. Uh, one of the funny ones one time was a millionaire who I've never even met, and I've got a lot of friends who are millionaires, uh, but one of them emailed me or texted me, I think it was an email. Um, he said, Keith, I don't, you don't know me, but I am a multimillionaire. And I just want to say thank you for writing that book. Cause I'm always trying to explain to my family how I think, and now I can just give them your book. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So, yeah, you know, out of all the testimonials, that one always stands out to me as, as just a funny one. That's great. But, uh, you know, I, I just, I just think that we all have a responsibility to share good things that work in our own lives. I love it. It's, like I said, it's been a huge impact in my life. So I'm really excited to get into it for the creating a brand audience today as well. With that said, Distinction number 10, let's go ahead and jump into that, which is millionaires think long-term, the middle class think short-term. Can you explain this distinction for us? Yeah, and that distinction, um, I'll be honest with you, before I ever wrote the book, I was laying in a hammock in my backyard um, on the beach side, just meditating, just thinking about life and business and success. And, you know, I was actually thinking about freedom a lot. And I'll, maybe I'll talk about freedom towards the end uh, of our call, but I, I was thinking, you know, what's the difference between rich people and poor people? This, this was a year or two before I wrote the book back in maybe in 2004, 2005, going back, going back a while. Um, and it just hit me, you know, well, what, what I just asked myself, what do poor people do? What do rich people do? And I, it hit me thinking, that, and I don't even know where this came from. And I was just laying there thinking, meditating, and I recommend that to your audience. Uh, and even in building a business and being an entrepreneur and marketing and distribution, take some time to really get quiet and think about things instead of getting so caught up in the business and, and running the business. You know, you know the old saying, like, you got to work on the business, not just in the business. That's mm -hmm. a very 
a very true statement, a very important statement to work on your business, not just in your business. And that's what I was doing, taking my time to meditate. And I thought, you know, there's really five groups of people. And I write this, this is like the first um, paragraph in the book. And there, there's very poor people, poor people, middle-class people, rich people, and very rich people. So in the book, I break society down into the, those five groups of very, uh, the, those five groups of people, very poor, poor, middle-class, rich, and very rich. And I think they think very differently. For example, very poor people think day-to-day. Poor people think week-to-week. Middle-class people think month-to-month. Rich people think year-to-year. And very rich people think decade-to-decade. So one of the first principles, if you will, in the book is to stretch your thinking or your planning further into the future. Um, you know, I, I, an interview I watched one time with Warren Buffett and Bill Gates, it was phenomenal to listen. And this was, I watched this interview years ago, right after I'd written the book. I was like, wow, they're doing it. They're sitting there talking about the world 10 years from now and 20 years from now. But most people, most businesses, they're talking about next week or next month. And I think we'll talk about one of those distinctions of what we talk about and the power of your word. But uh, just in this first distinction, uh, which is distinction 10 we're talking about right now, that millionaires think long-term, the middle class thinks short-term, it's extremely important to know where you want to go and think about that and talk about that. Where do you want to be five years from now? What do you want your business to look like 10 years from now? How much money do you want to have 10 years from now? And just start putting your thinking further into the future, and you'll see that it helps you develop more clarity and more purpose in your daily actions. I love that. There's a quote that you say in this chapter, I believe it's on page eight, and it's that patience is an asset in the life of a millionaire. Impatience is a liability in the life of the middle class. And I think that what you're talking about, this takes discipline and it takes a sense of patience because if you're thinking five, 10, 10 years in the future, you can't be thinking, oh, I'm gonna get, how am I going to get there tomorrow? How am I going to get there next week right. or next month or even next year? It's, it's decades in advance. How have you been able to develop this mindset? Well, it's just practice, practice, practice. And a lot of people practice it for a little while, very little while, maybe short, short term. And then they give up and they quit and they go back to a job or they go back to their old lifestyle. Um, but it's practicing that for the long term. And I mean, I tell people all the time, I have not mastered all the stuff that I write about. You know, the, the millionaires, the middle class is just one of my books. Uh, but there's a lot of principles in there that I practice on a daily or even weekly basis. Um, and some of them I'm really good at. I'm, I, I would almost say I've mastered them, but others, I got a lot of practicing to do. So, you know, in, in developing your, your long-term mentality, you just have to practice focusing on that. And as I said a few minutes ago, take some time to be quiet and meditate and just think about where you want to be. That is such a – it sounds like such a small thing, but it's so important to take time to think about where you want to be five or ten years from now and then start creating plans on how to get there. I couldn't agree more. It's actually a practice that I implement into my life every single week. So I take one day a week, and that's my time to really think about the business. So like you're talking about, work on the business, not just in the business. And that's something I do right. once a week to sit down and start thinking, okay, where is this going to be in a few years from now? Where is it going to be in a decade from now? Do I even have the idea or the mindset to take it that far? Uh, so I love this distinction. I think it's one of my, my favorites. I love that you kind of, you open this book up with like a heavy hitter, like right when you start that first paragraph, you're like, whoa, <laughs> this guy's <laughs> right from, from the start. He's just going after it. I love that. Well, you know, let's, I'm going to share uh, three primary goals on these five groups of people. And um, this is another just uh, you could call it a secret, I guess, or a strategy. Um, But uh, it's your primary goal in life. You know, if if you look at very poor and poor people, their primary goal in life is survival. I just want to survive. Just want to make it through this day or this week. And if you look at the primary goal for middle class people, it's comfort. I just want to be comfortable. I just want to make enough for me and mine. I just I just need to be I just want to be comfortable. 
And then the primary goal for rich and very rich people is freedom, that we're going to do whatever it takes to achieve more and more freedom in our lives. And, you know, the old saying, you get what you look for is true or seek and you will find. You know, everybody's heard that. It's extremely true that if you seek to survive, you will. If you seek to be comfortable, you will be. But if you seek freedom, you will find it. It just takes more time to create freedom in your life than it does to create survival or comfort. You can survive thinking day to day or week to week. You can be comfortable just thinking month to month. But if you're going to achieve and create freedom in your life, you must start thinking year to year and even decade to decade. Love it. Creating a brand. Let's start thinking long term about our futures and our lives so we can obtain that freedom that Keith is talking about. Keith, moving along to distinction number nine, millionaires talk about ideas, the middle class talk about things and other people. This one, I will say, a quick disclaimer here, this one had the biggest impact in my life, I'd say an immediate impact, it kind of just triggered something in my mind, and I was never the same again after hearing this chapter. So I'd love for you to explain it a little bit. Yeah, you know, there's an ancient saying um, out of the scripture, actually, that says the power of life and death is in the tongue. And if, you know, if an American has been raised in, in a religious system or church system, they've probably heard that. But you know, that's a deeper truth than most people realize. I mean, everybody can think just on a superficial level that, oh, you know, I've said some stuff before I shouldn't have said, and I created problems for myself. Well, there you go. You're creating problems for yourself with your own words. So, you know, you have an example. You, All of us probably have many examples in our lives for ourselves that we can create good or we can create bad by our own conversation. So to become more aware of this or become more conscious of this and start using the power that we have in our tongue, we can um, we can kind of steer our life. We can get going in the direction we want by like, you know, in the last distinction, the way you're thinking, but in this distinction, the way you're talking, because your thoughts and your words will lead you to your actions and your thoughts, words and actions will create your experiences. Uh, one of the ways I, I like to say this, I, I call it the four C's. And that is consistent choices create circumstance. Consistent choices create circumstance. And if you will consistently think long-term, if you will consistently choose good words coming out of your mouth, if you'll consistently take actions towards your goals and towards your dreams, that will create the circumstance that you want to have in your life. But most people are unaware. They're thinking about things that don't really have anything to do with their purpose or their desires or their dreams or their goals. And they're talking about things that don't have anything to do with their purpose or their desires or their dreams or their goals. So they're doing things. They're taking whatever you're thinking about and talking about. That's what's impacting your actions the most. So if you're thinking and talking and doing things that have nothing to do with your goals and dreams and purposes, of course, you're never going to get there. But if you can combine the power of these three things, your thoughts, words, and actions, and focus them and consistently think, consistently talk, consistently take action towards your goals or towards building a brand, if you will, then you will start actually building a brand. You will start living your dreams and creating the kind of life that you want. I couldn't agree more. There's actually a quote on page 23 that I love. This is probably the part that stuck out to me the most in the entire book. The power of your words will create the experiences of your life. And I think it's so true that the, the power of life and death, it's all in the tongue. And I'm, I'm a firm believer of that. In this distinction, you talk about how millionaires, the middle class and poor talk differently about things and people. Can you explain that, what the differences are? Oh, yeah, that, that's a funny old saying. I, I saw that on a plaque on a desk sometime um, years ago in a businessman's office. Um, I think the way it said it, maybe if I don't even, if I don't remember it right, you can read it out of the book there if you have it. But it's that um, big people talk about ideas, small people talk about things, and or excuse me, average people talk about things, and small people talk about other people. 
So the question is, what are you talking about? Are you talking about ideas? Or are you talking about things? Or are you talking about other people? Because, you know, some people say it takes money to make money. And there's truth to that. There is absolutely some truth to that statement. But a better idea, a better belief is that it takes ideas to create money. Because the right idea can attract the investment that you need. It can attract the cash flow you need. It can tra- attract the customers you need. It really is ta- about the pow- using the power of life and death to talk about ideas that you want to implement into your life or into your business. You know, the um, one of the other ancient sayings that I use is uh, out of the book of James. It says that the, um, your tongue is like the rudder of a ship. It determines what direction you're going in life. Think about that for a minute. The rudder of a ship, where you turn it is where that boat goes. Mm-hmm. If your tongue is like the rudder of a ship, whatever you're talking about, that's the direction your life is heading. I really don't have to spend a whole lot of time with you or with anybody um, where, where I, I bet you five minutes, 10 minutes at the most. I can listen to someone talk and I can tell you where they're headed. I can tell you where they're going to be five years from now or 10 years from now just by listening to their conversation, unless they change it, unless they consciously choose to consistently talk more about ideas and the ideas that inspire them um, rather than just things and other people. If you're just talking about things and other people, you're reacting to things and you're reacting to other people. You know, some people will say there's, there's two types of people in life, and these are, those are creative people or reactive people. Creative people, they consciously choose their thoughts, words, and actions. Reactive people allow other people to control their thoughts, words, and actions. And, you know, from a different perspective, maybe even a higher perspective, there's not two types of people. There's really only one type of person, and that is a creative person that you are creating your life by the thoughts you think, the words you speak, and the actions that you take. Whether you are aware of that or not, or conscious of that or not, doesn't matter. You are creating your life for the good or for the bad, for the rich or for the poor. You're creating your life by the thoughts you're thinking, the words you're speaking, and the actions that you're taking. I love that. There's something else you say in the book on this part, which is money is powerful, but ideas are even more powerful. And I really wanted to cover this distinction because for me, it was so impactful. I maybe took it a little more practical than you meant. But from that day forward, and I've been doing this for years now, I don't sit around tables where people are talking about people. They're not talking about the news. We're talking about celebrities and what someone else created. I sit around tables where I like to be with friends that talk about ideas. Well, man, I had this idea the other day. I thought it was really cool. Even if it's something that never materializes, just the fact of exercising that creativity has been so helpful and healthy for me to be able to do. Yes. Yeah. Just using your imagination. And I mean, how many people actually take time to use their imagination? Not, not that many. I mean, in a creative way, in a good, positive way, most people are using their imagination for, for negative things. Cause like you said, they're sitting around a table talking to people about things and, and other people. And usually if you're doing that, you're, you're complaining about things and complaining about other people. And I, you know, I've got another belief for myself personally, I'll share it with your listeners. And that is whatever you complain about, you get more of. Oh, but whatever so you true. think about, whatever whatever you appreciate, you get more of. So if you're going to talk about things, talk about the things and the people and the places that you love, that you appreciate. Um, and, and talking about ideas, ideas are, like I said in the book, you know, what you just quoted it, money is powerful, but ideas are even more powerful. Make sure that you're choosing to take a lot of your time, a lot more of your time than you have been, talking about ideas and bouncing ideas off of other people who are like-minded. Because, you know, you, the truth is, and I'm sure you've ran into this, if you start sharing your big ideas with small thinking people, they're going to discourage you. They're just not going to get it. So it, it might be hard sometimes to find those people, but seek those people out that also are looking to be better and do better and have better in their life and talk to those people about ideas that you have.
As a thank you for listening to the Creating a Brand podcast, I'd like to invite you to join our private community for free. If you text the word community to 1-904-299-8992, I'll respond with a free invitation link. Once you join, I'll connect you with other community members and resources to help accelerate your success. Join today by texting the word community to 1-904-299-8992. I'm looking forward to talking to you within the Creating a Brand community. And now let's get back to today's episode. I want to move along to distinction number eight, which is millionaires embrace change. The middle class are threatened by change. Yeah, you know, in, in that distinction, I've, I've taught this book hundreds of times across the country in almost every major, major city you can think of. And one of the questions I always ask at this point, do people like change? And everybody in the audience says no, or you see them shaking their head no. And then I say, well, let me ask you another question. Do people like positive change? And everybody smiles and say, yeah, yeah, everybody likes positive change. So why did everybody in the audience say no the first time? Because most people assume that change is going to be negative. In reality, from an entrepreneur's point of view or from a successful business person's point of view, change is opportunity. Change is opportunity. Absolutely. So if you if you see change as opportunity, then that allows you to embrace it and learn from it. Even if it's hard, even if it's difficult, even if it's a failure in your life, if you embrace the change instead of resisting it and being afraid of it, you can learn the lesson that it's trying to bring to you. You know, the, uh, the old uh, illustration is that when it's time for a baby eagle to learn how to fly, mama eagle comes along and takes all the soft, warm, comfortable down feathers out of the nest. And all those sharp sticks and twigs start poking that little baby eagle. And it, it, it hurts, you know, kind of like life will poke you and push you. And life will slap you sometimes, yeah. slap you hard in right. the face. And, and it, your life, it just, you know, mama, or the baby eagle says, mama, why are you doing this to me? And the mama eagle says, because it's time for you to learn how to fly. Right. And it's kind of the same thing that life says to us. When things are getting harder, when so when some change is happening that we don't like and we fear it and we're resisting it, just learn that, you know, that the same answer to you is the same answer from Mama Eagle that, hey, it's time for you to learn how to fly. It's time for you to learn something new. It's time for you to do something that you've never done before. And, you know, it, it's just a simple thing in life that if you learn to embrace more things instead of resist them, you can learn from them and become wiser. Yeah, I think so many of us are just scared of failure or scared of looking bad in front of other people. But the truth is, if you never challenge something, it's never going to change. And, you know, if you're okay with where your life is today, I'd say that's something that you need to challenge for yourself. You need to look at that mindset and say, is this really where I want to be? Or am I willing to, to embrace the change it's going to take for me to go where I feel that I'm supposed to go in life? Right. That's actually the next distinction. You know, they, 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 a lot of the distinctions correlate. Uh, I think it's number seven. Millionaires take calculated risk. The middle class is afraid to take risk. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. Took me a second. <laughs> so the millionaires uh, um, take calculated risk. The middle class is afraid to take risk. And there's three primary fears that a lot of us deal with, and the middle class people fight with them all the time, and they usually succumb to them instead of overcome them. And that's the fear of failure, the fear of rejection, and the fear of loss. Well, all three of those things are really just three of life's great teachers. But if you fear failure, it's going to keep you from taking risk. And risk is opportunity. Like I said a minute ago, change is opportunity, so is risk. And this one of my mentors taught me years ago. He said, risk is opportunity. If you try to take risk out of your life, you are taking opportunity out of your life. Wow. And if you succumb to these fears of failure, rejection, and loss, then they are keeping you from taking risk, and they are keeping you from opportunity. Failure, I mean, we've all failed before. 
we're going to fail again. If you embrace it and learn from it, you become smarter, wiser. Rejection. Come on. We've all been rejected. Mm-hmm. You know, the old 20, 40, 60 rule is, is funny, but it's true that when you're 20 years old, you care what everybody thinks about you. When you're 40 years old, you don't care what anybody thinks about you. And then when you're 60 years old, you realize nobody's been thinking about you. <laughs> you know, rejection is no big deal. But if you fear rejection or if you are addicted to the approval of other people, it's going to keep you from taking risk, which means it keeps you from opportunity. And then the fear of loss. Come on now. We've all lost money, every one of us. And chances are we'll probably do it again in the future. But if you learn from that loss, if you learn these, the lessons that these three teachers are trying to teach you, uh, it allows you to take more risk or calculated risk, if you will. You know, the word calculated to me, to me means um, that if you think about it like this, um, fear is darkness and knowledge is light. And if you learn the knowledge that these teachers are trying to give you, failure, rejection, and loss, it increases your light. And you can shine that light into the darkness of your fears and your fear starts to disappear so that you can see where you are and you can see where you want to go. Wow. That's fantastic. I, lo- I love this point. Change is opportunity. Embrace it. Don't resist it. Don't fear it. Just go after it. I love this one. Now, distinction number one, we're going to fast forward here. Lebenda went, went through uh, you know, 10, 9, 8, and a little bit of 7, but we're going to jump down to 1. People can pick up the book if they want to catch the rest of them. But the number one is millionaires ask themselves empowering questions. Middle class people ask themselves disempowering questions. Yeah, again, just like I was talking about earlier, a lot of people are unaware of this or unconscious of this. They don't realize that a big part of their thinking process is simply the process of asking themselves questions. And if you ask yourself small questions, you get small answers. Like, for instance, if you ask yourself, how can I get enough money to pay the bills this month? Your brain, your, some part of you, some part of wisdom or a spiritual part of you, if you will, it'll come up with an answer, how to get enough money to pay the bills this month. But if you ask, how can I double my income this year? That mm-hmm. same part of you, that part of your heart will come up with an answer of how you can double your income this year. So become aware of the questions that you ask yourself and practice asking bigger questions or more empowering questions. And when you do, you become a more powerful person. You talk about this part of the book as being conditioning for your mind is what you're talking about. How have you been able to do that? <laughs> well, again, practice. And that's uh, practicing thinking um, thinking bigger thoughts or thinking with better questions uh, that, you know, and it, this doesn't just apply to money. It doesn't just apply to creating brand. It, it applies to every area of life. Like I could say, you know, why is it so hard to stay married or why is it so hard to be in a meaningful relationship? Or I could say, what could I do today to show my spouse that I love them? Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, what could I do with my spouse that would be enjoyable this weekend or, or even today? What could I say to my spouse right now that would bring a smile to their face or, you know, the, the stressful questions, the bad questions, you know, why is it so hard? You know, why am I so stressed? Right. What could I think about that would create peace of mind for myself right now? What could I think about that bring a smile to my face? So this is something I've been working with this for maybe 20 years now or, or more. I mean, I wrote that book, uh, the book we're talking about, Millionaire's Middle Class. I actually wrote it in 2004. I wrote this 15 years ago, and I was aware of some of these principles for years before. So for 20 years, I've been practicing asking myself bigger, better, more empowering questions. And I still don't feel like I'm there. I don't feel like I've arrived. I'm still learning. I'm still growing. I'm still getting better. I'm still investing more and saving more. So we don't ever get there, but it's a lifelong practice of some of these ideas in this book. And honestly, just one of them, just this one. You you didn't even read the other nine distinctions. If you just took this one and worked with it for the next five or 10 years of your life, 
I believe your life would be radically improved. It'd be so much better if you just really become aware or conscious of the questions that you're asking yourself. I love it. And I couldn't agree more. This is something that I implemented as soon as I read it. I began asking myself those empowering questions. And for me, a practical way to do this was actually to reflect on my day and think about, okay, what were the things that I asked myself today? Or what was the thing that brought me down the most? How can I replace that with what can be uplifting for me? Do you have any practical ways that you've been able to to grow with this? After 20 years, I imagine you have some sort of strategy for how you've learned to ask yourself these empowering questions, right? Yeah. And I write about this in the book. And I don't usually share these on interviews because it's kind of a, a more... I don't know, deeper, more serious point of the presentation, but I'll share it with you, with your audience. Um, It's based on the be, do, have philosophy that says who I am determines what I have and what I do. Most people have this backwards. They look at what they have and they say, well, that tells me what I can do or it limits me to what I can do. And then what I do, that's the kind of person I am. Well, that's absolutely backwards. And if you're constantly living your life like that, it's it's, it's just one needless amount of suffering after the next. But if you adopt the philosophy of who I am determines what I do and what I have, that's a more creative, a more powerful, a more peaceful way to live your life. And then there's three questions for each one of these principles, and they are what, why, and how. So here's nine questions I give in the book. You ask yourself what, why, and how for be, do, and have. For example, what kind of person do I want to be? Why do I want to be that kind of person? How can I become that kind of person? And then move, moving to do. What do I want to do with my life? Why do I want to do that? How can I do that? And then moving to have. What do I want to have in my life? Why do I want to have that? How can I create it? So when I'm giving the, this, when I'm giving this talk to you know at live events, I ask people if they would take a, um, you know, take an assignment from me or take some homework from me. And this is the homework to go home and write down their answers to these nine questions. And if you do, I think it increases your clarity. And clarity is power. It really helps you see better. Absolutely. So that's our homework from Keith creating a brand. That's what we need to do. We need to go back and answer these nine questions for ourselves. And as you ended with right there, clarity is power. And I believe that millionaires, they know what they want. And that's a big thing that separates them from the middle class right there is the fact that they know what they want. And they are always seeking more and more clarity. That's right. Right on. Well, Keith, I thank you so much for taking the time to have this conversation with me today and the Creating a Brand audience. As I mentioned early on, this, this book has had such an impact on my life. I believe it's going to really help a lot of our audience as well. So thank you for your time and everything that you do. Alex, it's great to be with you. Thanks for the invitation, and I hope everything keeps going great for you and your business. There is only one word I can use to describe this episode, powerful. I encourage you to go back and listen to it again and again, and also to pick up a copy of this book. I have a link to it in the show notes. And now my call to action question for the week is this, which of the four distinctions shared within this episode spoke to you the most and why? You can answer the multiple choice question by visiting creatingabrand.com slash 047. Keith, thank you again for being a guest and sharing your wisdom with us today. If you want to learn more about Keith Cameron Smith and to pick up a copy of his book, you can visit creatingabrand.com slash 047. As always, thank you for listening. I'm looking forward to bringing you another Masterclass episode next week.